This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here today just after a pretty pretty depressing one-all draw away at a basement side, Cheltenham Town. Uh, we've also got Blackpool to talk about. But before we get on to who's on today and the, the games that we're going to speak about, is one last plea uh, to vote for us at the Football Content Awards. Uh, this is only applying to people who are listening on Sunday because the voting ends on Sunday night at midnight. Um, if you are listening on Sunday, first off, you're a legend for listening so quickly. Um, and yeah, if you can vote for us in the Football Content Awards, the link's all in the description. We'd be really, really grateful um, as we head up to Anfield in a month's time. But right, let's introduce you to today's cast. Uh, first off, uh, Adam Titley, how are you, pal? I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Uh, four, what's it? Four points and two back-to-back away games. I'm not too bad after that, to be fair. Yeah, it, it could definitely have been worse. Could definitely have been worse. And we've also got Vic Singh. How are you, Vic? Good evening, guys. Yeah, not too bad. Like Adam said, four points from the last two. Can't complain, so we keep moving. Mm. I think it's the context of it, and I'm sure we'll definitely get onto that later on down the line in the episode. But we want to start off with the good stuff. So Blackpool away. Um, were you both there? I think you were, mm-hmm. were you both there. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm the plastic here. I didn't go to either. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're seeing who the real fans are here. Um, but Adam, I mean, looking at the performance overall, we looked really solid at the back. Their goal came from a massive deflection. We looked devastating on the counter-attack and it was just the perfect away performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think the first half was how we expected it to go. Obviously, Blackpool very good at home in this division. Um, I don't believe they'd lost yet at home until we, until we won there and then First off was very cagey. Obviously, we probably should have gone in at 1-0 up. But then again, I thought Jordan Rhodes had an opportunity where he could have put it in the back of the net. But Wildsmith made a superb save. And then second half, just superb on the counter-attack, weren't we? I think Bark Hazen was, was brilliant coming forward. I thought he looked really dangerous whenever he came through. And and just everything we seemed to cross in looked like it, were, it was going to get on the end of it. And I think... That was the one game where, along with Peter, where every time we came forward, I felt so confident we'd put something in the back of the net. And um, in contrast to yesterday, I'm not being negative. I'm just <laughs> saying, in contrast to yesterday, um, it was a different story. But I thought every time we came forward against Blackpool, we looked so dangerous because of how confident we were when we went forward. 
Yeah, we'll get on to the differences between the two games shortly. But Vic, I mean, to just build on what Adam said there, um, man came off the bench, Tom Barkays, and he's looked really sharp so far this season. And he comes on, sets up two goals, and he really looks like a player that's hit the ground running since his comeback from injury. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is the Barkhausen we want to see as fans. And I think this is the Barkhausen he needs to show. Um, he's been really well. He's played really well. He's... Um, I mean, it's the it's the pace that's uh, helping us out at the minute on the other other flank. So he's doing really well. His attacking threats there. Uh, like you said, he got two assists on Tuesday. Um, was a constant threat throughout when he was on. Uh, he made such an impact that he managed to start the game yesterday. So uh, long may his good form continue. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see him back because it's just nice to have the options there as well. Yeah, it definitely is. And and in a time where we're, we're sort of struggling with wide players, aren't we? We've had a lot of injuries in that area. And yeah, it's good for him to come back, hit the ground running and, and really do some good stuff. And I guess carrying on on, on Blackpool, Adam, um, we saw one player shine like he's never shined before. And that man's Corey Smith. Now, we are... <laughs> I was about to say Corey Smith haters. That's definitely not true. But we we've been... I'd say not complimentary of him at points so far this season and last season. Um, but he really stepped up. And I mean, when you look at all three goals, the back heel for the second goal, the actual goal for the first goal, his first one in six years, uh, which is the most football manager conceding goal of all time. Um, and then the third goal where he he puts it through that guy's legs and, and sets us on our way. It was an amazing performance, wasn't it? From a player, we don't really see enough of that from. Yeah, it was superb from Corey Smith, in my opinion. I think, I mean, probably his best game in a Derby County shirt. You know, I think he's had a couple of good games so far this season. I don't think he's been on form throughout, but then let's look how the team have played as a whole. I don't think we've, I think inconsistency has been our problem. But against Blackpool, like you said, Corey Smith was superb. The back heel for me just completely, it's, it's one of them things that I didn't envision from any player at that point, but it was just a bit of mo- a, a, a moment of brilliance. Um, that really just centres on our way. And then the nutmeg again was superb. And it just seemed like Corey Smith was just driving down the middle, in my opinion, and then out wide. And then he just was flowing with confidence. He had confidence going through him and and he was instrumental in that victory against Blackpool, in my opinion. I I think that's probably his best game in a Derby County shirt so far. And like Vic says, long may it continue. It needs to stop saying that. We can't say that to everybody. <laughs> it loses its meaning. It loses it. <laughs> um, Vic, I mean, we spoke about Smith there and he was really impressive. But I think part of what made his performance so good was the supporting cast alongside him. He had Max Bird and he had Tyrese Fauner. I mean, when you look at the two of them, they've got a lot of legs. Don't you think that that made a huge difference in opening the game up and giving Smith a little bit more room? Yeah, definitely. It's given the midfield a bit of balance I've been crying out for for the last few weeks. Uh, Like you said, because they've got the legs, it allowed Smith to have more of an influence on the game. And I think with um, the way he played on Tuesday, I think that was the Corey Smith we all envisaged that we signed when we first announced him. Because we'd seen what he'd done at Swansea. And he's quite... Excuse me. He's he's quite good at uh, struggling, mate. I know, yeah. Uh, He's quite good at... Just just like Corey Smith's form. Um, But (laughs) now... But no, no, he's um, he's done really well. Um, again, like I said, because he's had the legs with Fauna and Max Bird played really well on uh, Tuesday as well. It was nice to see him play a bit more further forward. I think he's probably more used to playing that uh, number ten role. But Smith dominated the game. He really took. He really grubbed it by the scruff of the neck, didn't he? Really, and uh, that's a, that's essentially what got us to win. He had a hand in all three goals. 
So, yeah, he was really impressive for us on Tuesday. He was, he was. And I mean, uh, sort of move on from that. Corey Smith looked really good in that game. He had a lot of space. We were hitting teams on the break. We scored, you know, two, three really good counter-attacking goals. And then we get to Saturday and we play against Cheltenham. It was like a home game. They sat really, really deep. They wanted to absorb pressure, defend the box. And it seems to be the case for Derby this season. When teams attack us and teams come at us and try and match us, we play really well. We hit them on the break. I mean, Peterborough is a great example. Um, I know a lot of people said we didn't play well at Bolton, but without the pretty fraudulent red card, we'd probably have got at least a point out of that game. And then obviously Peterborough as well. And when we play against teams that sit back, we play very one-dimensionally. We just try and whip it into the box all the time, uh, try and find the likes of Waghorn and Collins and hope and pray that they you know, win the first ball or win a knockdown. And teams seem really happy to defend against us. And, and we struggle to put those chances away. And I just want to open it up to both of you. I guess I'll come to Adam first to make it easier because we're, we're talking over the internet and not face-to-face. But uh, how do you see Derby changing that? And, and why do we shape up the way we do against teams that shape up like that against us? I think I think for me, obviously, Paul Warren has his, is his style of football. And I think at the moment, there are there are many positives in the way that we play. I just don't think we're firing at the moment. I know Charlton Funny, who we did the preview with, said that he just doesn't see Derby firing at the moment. But at the end of the day, we're, we're still in the top 10 of the division. I know we want to be a lot higher, but we're still very consistent. I think, well, inconsistent, sorry. I think, obviously, somebody said uh, on Twitter, I saw that we, we're six unbeaten now or, or something like that. Um I think it's just a minor tweak that would that would change it for us. I think a little bit more pressure and maybe a higher back line um, mm. when playing teams that sit deep. Because I think what we saw at Cheltenham was that at times when we needed to put on pressure on Cheltenham's back four. Because when we, when we did that or whenever we ran at them, they struggled. I thought Cheltenham were better definitely coming forward than they were at the back. But I think we just maybe need the back line to sit a little bit higher. I know obviously teams will play long ball we've got pretty we've got some pretty pacey defenders i think cashin can definitely run his legs off i mean depend niambe has been superb yeah he has. And he's he got really a lot has. of pace so I, I don't think we should be too worried about balls coming over the back um back line but if maybe if we step up the back four a little against teams that do sit back definitely at home we should be mm. doing that i think we saw at cheltenham we were almost scared to come near the halfway line in case they counter-attacked us i think at one point we had five at the back which was really unnecessary um, yeah. from, the, from the fans' viewpoint when the game was late on, 10 minutes to go, and we still had five men at the back in a situation where the ball was in Cheltenham's corner. Um, so maybe it's just the tweak of, of moving the bat line further forward. But I, I don't think we're far off that 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 switching moment. You know, I, th- I think I said that a lot last season uh, when we were struggling at times. I feel like we were just one simple change away from from really hitting form and really starting to fire and obviously went on that amazing being run last season I think we found that back then so I, I think we're a couple of games off it maybe um, mm-hmm. but a little tweak of the formation or maybe a bit of squad rotation I think I think we'll, we'll be off and running but obviously we have to remember we, we are in League One and we, we're not going to be playing Manchester City free-flowing passing football at times it will be scrappy but you can only beat what's in front of you at the end of the day in the division whether that be Cheltenham, Blackpool, you have to match them. And um, yeah, I think maybe just a, a tiny tweak to the formation, maybe the bat line coming a bit further forward would help us quite a lot. 
Well, we, we've got a comment from Matt who who said that with with the way that we played, we were too predictable, too one dimensional with the wingers that we had, and that's really interesting as you were speaking there Adam I was thinking about the changes between Tuesday and Saturday on on Tuesday we've spoken about how impressed we were with Corey Smith with with Tyrese Fauna um, and with Max Bird now he made the change and he, he took Max Bird out of the team and we essentially shaped up in a bit of a 4-2-4 we only had two midfielders and that really limited us I think because all of a sudden we can't play through the midfield anymore the midfielders are just there to run around make up the numbers scratch fight win the ball etc and and you've got four attackers sort of trying to all do the same thing and it, it was massively different and and it made us look like Matt said more predictable more one-dimensional you know you've not got the angles you can't make the triangles that you'd make with a midfield three and Vic I mean c- can you work out why he might have done that because I've really thought about it and yes We've put two up top, I guess, technically. Um, you know, we're playing against a team that have struggled all season, hadn't scored before Saturday. Obviously, it was us that were going to break that. Um, and he's put two up top and it just didn't work. Why, why do you think he did that? Um, if I'm being honest, I think it might be more down to Max Burden's fitness rather than anything. I mean, playing consecutive games so close to each other could have impacted his sort of um, comeback, his role you know, has come back to from injury. So maybe that's probably why he went for that four, two, four dodgy sort of formation. Maybe he thought if we took Wagon up, he might be able to press a bit more. Um, but again, it, it, like you said, it didn't make any sense to me. I wanted to change the midfield three dynamic. And if we were going to do that, it had to be for a like-for-like like replacement. So if we're going to take Bird out. We should have put someone that we know could have done the uh, the running, maybe Sibley, um, maybe Connor from the off. Mm. Who knows? But... Um, yeah, it didn't make much sense and that's probably why we ended up uh, going down the wings. What really baffled me was when Paul said, um, <laughs> we just need to keep putting balls into the box. It wasn't working for the 90 minutes. We could have gone another two days and we probably wouldn't have scored <laughs> or won that game. So, yeah, I think we do need to sort of find that midfield balance again uh, with and without Bird because before we know, these injuries can pop up any time in the season. Bird is integral to the way we play, and we saw that on Tuesday, and then we saw it again yesterday, how important he is going forward. So maybe we just need to find a bit more balance in that midfield, maybe give somebody else a go. Now that Connor's back, maybe we might see him play maybe in the number 10 role, um, which is probably his most suited from his career, so we could see that as well. But like I said, I do think we need to start playing more through the middle uh, rather than just on the wings because we are too one-dimensional. Yeah, and, and Adam, I mean, it's a good point you've made there, Vic, about Bird's fitness, but <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, I just completely knocked over the mic. Um, Audio me. listeners, I wish you could have seen the fear in his eyes then. That was uh, that was somewhat special. Um, but when, when you look at the Derby team, I mean, Vic said he, he's, he's dropped Bird. Maybe it's a fitness thing. I get it. But he's not brought Horahan in. He's changed the system. Um, and in the end, we've looked light in the middle. But then he's brought Bird on at half time, and that makes you think: if if Bird could start the last game and he's he's fit enough to be brought on at half time, why would you not start him and bring him off later on? Because then he can exert his influence on the game from the off. He was brought on when it was already one all. We'd had a pretty poor half, and yes, he made a difference, but we wouldn't have had those problems in the first place if he'd played. And it, it just seems really strange to me that. He's chosen, which is on paper possibly a weaker team. For well, no one can work it out, can they? That's what Twitter's been on about. Why did he do it? I think 
I mean, to look at the the one side of it, I think we've been on about it all season that players need to be rested and maybe Max Bird returning from injury against Blackpool and then playing him again for a second 90 minutes and starting him um, was a little bit risky. Two two games in two weeks. And then, and then also, I mean, maybe it's just that. And also, I mean, I don't like to say this, but we've seen it in the past with Derby. I think we turned up to Cheltenham expecting an easier game than what Definitely. it was. Silly of us completely. I think everybody said it was a banana skin before we all knew they'd score. And I, I felt like we underestimated them very early on. I, I felt like we took the match a little bit too casually in them opening minutes. And I felt like Cheltenham were able to drive at us and we stood off them too much and uh, and gave them too much space. And, and that's where the first goal comes from. Sloppiness from Derby um, could be a lot tighter, could be a lot more physical, in my opinion, in that opening first half. Um but I think I think maybe looking at the other side of it, me personally, I've I've been 100% saying all season players need to be rested. We've had so many injuries, and maybe that was just Paul Warren being a little bit cautious about Max Bird getting injured again. And when he did come on, he, he made a made a lot of difference. I think we've not got another player in the team that can play those balls that Max Bird can. He seems yeah. to get the inch perfect every time coming forward, um, and they and they unlock defenses. So. With Max Bird not starting, I can see why he did it and if he was resting him and being cautious. And if he was doing that, personally, might go, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I've got no problem with that. If he's resting players that are only just coming back from injury, two games in one week, two 90 minutes for a player that's just come back. If he gets injured again, then we're in even more trouble than what we were. So being a little bit cautious, I'm completely fine with that personally. That's my personal mm. take. Pretty fine if he wants to rest. Yes, yeah, no, no, I, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. I see exactly where you're coming from. I think it, with me, it's confusion. He could have started Hurahan. Hurahan's been back for weeks um, and he's brought Waggon on. I mean, one of the comments I've just seen has said that Waggon was a, a, a little bit sluggish and he's not got the legs, has he? He, he runs like a like a League One player. I sent the, the goal he scored against Blackpool to my mates in our, in our uni group chat. Um, and they were just laughing at how funny he looks when he runs because he, he looks like he's running through treacle. Um, even when he's at full pelt. So, yeah, I think you, you take Bird out, you lose the legs by putting Waggon in. You could have put Hurahan in. But, you know, hindsight's wonderful, isn't it? If Waggon had scored a hat-trick in the first five minutes, we'd be we'd be saying how good of a decision it was. But, yeah, it, it's just one of those. Um, but touching on their goal, I mean, Vic, um, Adams mentioned that we looked, I mean, I've written down that we we looked a little bit arrogant, to be honest, at the start. We we waltzed in. We thought we'd won before a ball was kicked and Cheltenham put up a real good fight, especially in that first half. And I mean, Tyrese Fauna um, epitomised that. I still have no idea what he was trying to do. He must have thought he had way more time than he had just sort of casually dribbling across his own box, um, you know, in the first half and loses the ball, gets put across, they score. And I think that just summed up the way we played because it just seemed really weird, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I put that down to Fauna's naivety, maybe, with his age and maybe not the experience of playing in first-team competitive football as much. So, I mean, Chatham Chatham had a game plan. They executed it well. It was was quite silly what Fauna had done. But then again, we were all sluggish at that. Up until that point, we literally gave we shown Cheltenham too much respect, in my opinion. I think knowing where they were in the league, knowing that they hadn't scored and we were the top goal, top goal scorers away, you'd think we'd be putting them to the sword and be just attacking them mm. from the off. We didn't. We stepped. We stepped. But we literally stepped off them, 
tried to try to hit them off on the counter. Like <laughs> we scored that many goals away from home, and we're trying to hit them on the counter. Like worn ball. It, it made no <laughs> sense. Like and then with Fauna, I just think I just put it down to naivety. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. He's a young lad um, playing in a in in the midfield in the midfield role, and again, it's probably his first taste of proper proper football. I mean, I know we had Lance was at Reading, but this is. This is proper football at League One level. I'm guessing it's more physical. It's a lot more demanding. So, just put it down to a naive mistake from him. Um, and uh, to be fair, like I said, we showed him too much respect. But luckily, we got that equaliser from uh, a very rare Nelson header. Who I, Great who, header who, as well, way, wasn't it? Yeah. Who, by the way, I think is probably a running for player of the season at the moment. I think he's been sublime since that first game. Uh, yeah. Hasn't put a foot wrong. So, that's just my little take on that. <laughs> no, I agree with you, mate. I agree. Um, and we've got two comments here referencing his his interview, Warren's interview on Radio Derby. I mean, we've talked about some of the decisions he's made already. Um, he, he must be feeling the pressure a little bit now. Um, I think in that interview, he came across pretty bad. I, it really didn't come across well, um, his interview with Dom post-match. And and one of the things that Dom did ask was, was about Sibley. Um, and Warren came out in the past and said Sibley's the best finisher. Um, and then, you know, come the end of the game, Sibley's still sat on the bench. He brings on Connor Washington on the wing for reasons that can't be explained. We can't find the back of the net. We've got a player who is very good at putting it in the back of the net whilst he's inconsistent. You know, he scored important goals in the past. I think that that one against Peterborough a few years ago in the championship, that one really sticks out when we desperately needed a goal. He came on buried it in the corner. Um, and Adam, I mean, it does seem weird, doesn't it? I'm, I'm sorry to go back to asking you about the, the team again, but it seems really strange from Paul Warney. He seems to be making some decisions that, you know, we're just questioning. It's like, why? And then when he gets questioned about it, he's getting very defensive. And is he struggling? Is he under pressure? Well, I mean, he's definitely upset after the Cheltenham draw, isn't he? And I'm glad he's upset because if he if he was nonchalant about it, then I think we'd be a lot more a lot more concerned, wouldn't we? So if he's upset, I've got no qualms with that. Um, and obviously, he's got his preferred starting eleven, his starting players that he likes, and if he can fit them in, he will put them in. And in terms of Louis Sibley, I'm a big Louis Sibley advocate. Um, I think he's a quality player. Now. I don't know what is going on in this light. It keeps flashing my eyes. Uh, ignore that. But um, Louis Sibley, for me, is a player that can come on and, and change a game or add an injection of pace and unpredictability that um, I think a lot of people have described it as one-dimensional and predictable. Um, but Louis Sibley adds a, different, adds a different dimension to us when we play. So why isn't getting a start? I'm not quite sure. I thought away at Peterborough. He was pretty good. I thought he linked up quite well in the wings. Um but then again, managers in the past haven't favoured starting Louis Sibley. I think we spoke about that yeah. before we started recording. Ever since Philip Cocker, I don't, I don't think a manager has favoured Louis Sibley starting or getting too much game time, which, which is disappointing. But I do think Louis Sibley has a role to play in this Derby County team and can be important. But then again, but we've got Notts County on Tuesday, and then we've got an international break where Paul Warren will be doing a lot of thinking about that team what players he's going to have at his disposable ready for Shrewsbury away, if I'm correct, the first game back. Yeah. So he'll have a he'll have a lot of thinking to do and what, what sort of plays he wants to put in in what system and I'm sure we'll wait and see them. But I think I think we will get to the point where squad rotation happens. In terms of is he feeling under pressure? Maybe a little, maybe a little, but then you've got to look with with what one point ahead of where we were last season. We're not we're in, we're in an okay position. 
I think I think this time last season we had 17 points. I think it's the other way around. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Is it the other way around? It's the other way around, yeah. It's the other way around. I got that wrong. But <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of, in terms of, we're in an okay position, but we're at that point now where we need to kick on. We're yeah. getting into the winter period now where Derby usually have better form. Um, definitely in the winter period, and then it then it sort of wobbles, and we we stutter to the end apart. of the season. <laughs> yeah, and then it's, it's predictable, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think I think I think we're in an okay position at the minute. We're definitely not firing, like I said earlier. And uh, like I said, I think we're we're a couple of games off, maybe hitting some form, some really good form. Yeah, I point. mean. It's weird, isn't it, with Sibley? Um, and I thought, I, I don't know if you guys have heard Warren's comment about it, but um, when questioned about it, um, he said, Dom said, you know, Louis Sibley, he, he scores goals. Uh, you said he's the best finisher at the club. Why didn't you bring him on? You know, he's just sat on the bench. And Warren said, well, Josh Vickers is also on the bench uh, and he didn't play, which I thought was a bizarre comment. Um, when you're chasing a game, I don't think Josh Vickers is your man. Um, and he's brought on Connor Washington, who appears to be the reincarnation of Shane Long, uh, but playing for Northern Ireland rather than the Republic. He's a striker that runs around a lot and never scores. Um, and it seems strange that a player that you know can score goals is, is being left, and he's bringing on players that just aren't clinical in the start in the slightest. It's just weird, isn't it, Vic? I, I wish I had a better question to to give you here, but it is just strange with the with the way things are at Derby at the minute. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you was asking about the pressure, I don't think the pressure is necessarily coming from the higher ups because this is uh, David Klaus's man. Oh, definitely. I think yeah. I think it's more coming from the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've never. I think someone put it on Twitter earlier, and I pretty much agreed with it. I've never seen a manager be so divisive in a fan base. I think literally it's fifty-fifty split down the middle of whether you like Paul Warner. Do you, you remember don't. Philip Koku? <laughs> well, I think everyone had, a, everyone had enough with Koku. He's a nice guy, but he, he just—I don't know. Maybe for another day. But um, yeah, I mean, it—it it is strange. I mean, his comments after the game, especially regarding Sibley, didn't make any sense. It—it—it it, it sounded like he was under pressure. Like you thought he'd be sacked after that game. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's strange, but like like I said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I mean, we're now game in hand and we go fourth. We're mm-hmm. in the top six, so I mean it's it's easy to jump on the the bandwagon to say, oh look, the, the performances aren't great. Maybe they're not, but maybe there's more to come from Derby at the minute. We don't know, but if we're in a position where we can win our game in hand and still be fourth, we're in the top six, mm-hmm. and we're playing, we're supposedly playing badly. I'd take that. I mean, like I said, I've always, so it's a results business, especially in League One. I'm not bothered about the style. As long as we put the goals in the back of the net, get the points on the board, go up. I don't care how we play. We could have 10% possession. If we win 2-0, that'll do me. 
it's about getting out of this league. We're not, we're not, we're not Man City. We're Derby County in League One. We've got to remember that we've got to play to the standard we're at. So, yeah, that I is a very, a, very good point, Vic. I think that, that that's my uh, little rant over. I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, you made some really good points. I do think it's skewed. I think if you flipped our home and away form, I think people would be much happier. I really do because. You know, if we lost a couple and won one, drawn one away from home, people would be like, okay, it's away from home. But if at home we're winning games, people are happy. I mean, I had a look and obviously end of season's coming into practice there. But since the 22nd of April, we've won one game at home. I think it's it's one in or one league game. Sorry, we don't count the Puffer Johns here. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's a long time when you think, think how long ago April was. We've all aged a bit since then. Um, but you know, that's a long time and we get what between 25 and 30,000 every single week turning up to watch and they've seen one win in a really long time. And I think that means that every time we don't win, it's incredibly negative because people aren't like, unless you go away, you don't feel that winning feeling watching it on TV is not the same. If, if you're not there, you don't understand, uh, well, not necessarily don't understand, but you don't you don't feel that feeling of winning the same way. And I think because we're not winning at home, it just makes us feel 10 times worse because, I mean, we've beaten Fleetwood and we were terrible in that game. And that's the only game we've won. So, yeah, I mean, that's my take on it. It's not as good as yours, Vic. Yours is much more eloquent than mine. Um, I think admin- even, going, even going back to the, what you just said about the home form, like, the way we set up, we was talking about this earlier. The way we set up is perfect away from home. Yeah. At home, it just doesn't work because we know what teams are going to do. And Cheltenham did it to us yesterday. Yeah. So if we can find a way where we can just play like a four-three-three, more attacking, like Adam said, play a bit more forward. We need an aggressive press, really. For me, we don't press aggressively enough off the ball. If we can sort of work that out, really box them in. We can we can counter them and score goals at home, but yeah. we just don't seem to. Do it. If we can do that, then we'll be all right. Just keep putting the crosses in, Vic. That's what, <laughs> that's what we've got to do. Um, Adam, uh, one thing we do need to talk about is some of the chances we've missed in the last two games. Um, the, the four, which is ridiculous, the four that come to mind uh, for me, uh, poor Kane Wilson um, missed the header at the start. or let him off. He's a, he's a full back. He's not going to be barreling headers into the top corner. But the second one, he did everything right until he did it. Um, took it around the keeper, just took his eye off the ball for a second, puts it wide. And then two pretty horrible James Collins misses uh, against Cheltenham. Three, if you count the one in the box where, um, well, well, which one? Um, you know, he missed that absolute sitter. I don't know why he slid in the balls at his feet. Uh, he tries to whip it top bins in the last minute for reasons that I'm sure only he can explain. Um, and then he missed that one, which went across the box and, yeah, didn't score that either. Um, probably should have also scored the header, which uh, Curtis Nelson ended up burying as well. So uh, why are we so bad in front of goal? What is it? What What is going on? Is, is Paul Warren going to the before the game telling him to miss? What What's the plan? There's, I think I've said this a couple of weeks now. There's no conviction when we're up top. We saw it at Blackpool. There was... We were eager to take the chances and the chances were on a plate for us. And when we put them in, Mendes Lang, superb for that first goal, put it on a plate for Corey Smith. He had to put it in. I think Kane Wilson, the header, you let him off for one of them. Mm. Uh, and then to go around the keeper and miss, I mean, I was bigging him up the whole journey there. And then when he missed, I, I, I couldn't believe it. 
to be honest, I, I was worried. I was worried we were going to lose the game one 0 after that, and it would be would be ruining the missed chances. But I think, I think in, in front of goal, I mean, we talk about. I don't like to bring Dave McGoldrick up, but oh no, he scored. He scored these goals. <laughs> he scored these goals, and we, we we've not got a twenty goal a season striker up top. Um, no disrespect to James Collins, he can finish, and we've seen him finish in recent weeks. Um, but I think, yeah, just we're just not. We've not got enough conviction up front in terms of... I mean, that chance at the end where James Collins tries to put in the top corner, as soon as we go on that counter-attack, in, in my head at the time, we weren't scoring. Yeah, It's one-on-one with the defender. I mean, nine times out of ten, we miss that because we don't have any conviction um, up top. And I, I'm not sure what it is, but that goes back to my point about I think we're a couple of games off until we start firing. We've seen it in flashes mm-hmm. so far. Don't like once again to bring up Peter, but I sound like a broken record talking about that game every week. It's only four times this episode. Yeah, I know. Only four, so <laughs> quite low. I'll get a few more in. But then um, <laughs> Peterborough away, Blackpool away now. Um, Car- at Carlisle, we had conviction up front. Collins' finish was was superb for that first goal. So I think we've seen flashes of it. And we're just one or two games away from it, um, in my opinion. If we tweak the formation, that's a big if, um, and the way we play. I just think at the moment, I think I think for one, the Collins ones where he slides in, in my opinion, it was a it was a good save from the keeper. I mean, from my angle, there was no way Collins was putting that in the back of the net um, because of how big Southwood made himself in the goal. But I just don't think we've got enough conviction up front at the moment. But I think I think we've shown flashes of it. Yeah. But inconsistency is our biggest problem at the moment. So that's my reasoning. Yeah, he did rush it. He did rush it. I've watched every replay, every angle, all two of them that you get on Rams TV. Um, and yeah, I, I do think he should have buried it. But who, who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? As I got told on social media when I said, oh, why has he tried to whip it top bins? And someone replied saying, well, you wouldn't have scored that. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, and a, a bit of a silly debate, Vic. That we, we we must move on to. Obviously, as you said, very divisive. Paul Warren, there's a lot of people that don't like him. There's a lot of people that do like him. And you end up, when there's a bit of a battle like that, you have incredibly polarising sides. It reminds me of the Kalarus debate. You had some people that would defend him until his very death. He could score a hat-trick of own goals and people would still defend him. And then there's the people where he could have the best game of his life and he'd still be the culprit. Um, I think Warren's one of those. A lot of people have been talking about managers they get in but there's just one that i kind of want to talk about and that's wayne rooney Um, (laughs) (laughs) and let's put it out there i do not want wayne rooney here Uh, i'm going to say the word allegedly for lawsuit reasons but allegedly he was involved with the kirch takeover and allegedly he left his position because that takeover didn't go through Uh, and allegedly according to a lot of people at the club he's a bit of a scumbag so wayne rooney he, he people would want him back i mean why? why? Why do people want him back? He's got the worst record of pretty much any Derby manager ever. I think it was the novelty of it when, it, when we had that season where we were going down. He was a great, well, supposedly he was a great man manager, but I always thought the brains behind that, uh, the way we played that season was Liam Senior, if I'm honest. I would say I his name too loud, Vic. <laughs> oh no, they're going to come for me now. <laughs> Honestly, I thought Liam Senior was more the brains than Wayne Rooney. I wouldn't yeah. take it back. I just don't think we need him. Like, if being honest now, if we look at who's available in the market currently, say if Paul one were to go, who would you replace him with? People said Darren Moore. Darren Moore plays a back three. No point. He's at Huddersfield anyway. 
Then you're looking at people like Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder won't come here. And he plays back three as well. John Eustace. And, he, he's got you know a free time now. You know what? I wouldn't mind that to be fair. But I'm 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 gonna stick I'm just gonna stick with Paul Warren just because I think we've had enough chopping and changing. I think the mentality of the fan base, because of all the chopping and changing we've done over the years during the Mel Morris period, has now rubbed off on the fans that we need to sort of sack managers after not winning three games. There's no mm. point. We need a bit of stability. So Paul will hopefully eventually get it right. He just needs to tweak the formation like we've been saying all episode. If he can tweak that, find a way to win at home. We're already doing all right away. There's no reason why. The sky's the limit then, isn't it? So, yeah, forget Wayne Rooney. Let him go to Birmingham. We all know he's, over, we all know he's heading there. So let him go there and uh, make a car crash of it there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be entertaining. I've seen Ashley Coles in his uh, coaching staff as well. Ooh. So we'll, we'll see, won't we? We'll see how that goes. Um, thoughts and prayers to Birmingham because it's, it's Gary Cook who's involved with them and he's who's brought Rooney in. So... The, the the deadly trio uh, that were at Derby are, are returning to English football, which is is not good. Um, but I'll oh, know what a club for it to happen at. It's very very it's upsetting, good. isn't it? Um, and and before we look ahead to Notts County, uh, Adam, one thing that's good to bring up is people coming back from injury. We've obviously got the international break uh, coming up next week, so who knows what next week's episode will be like? What what can we conjure up? Probably something very terrible. Um, but we've got three players coming back. Joe Wards, who was a star of preseason. Uh, you've got Callum Elder, who's had a bit of a an up and down start, I'd say. And then you've got Tyrese John Jules, who looked really sharp when um, he played against Peterborough of all teams. Who'd have thought? Um, can't mention that. Five game, times we've mentioned that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Adam, which of those players are you most excited to see back, and how much of a difference will they make? For for me, it's Joe Ward, in my opinion. I think we talk about attacking wise um, that we have no conviction up front against Cheltenham, in my opinion. And a player like Joe Ward coming back maybe oh, adds yeah. a different. Oh, it's, it's difficult. Well, we're all talking about Mendes Lang needing a rest, but then still, I wouldn't throw Joe Ward straight into it. I'm still a big fan of Kane Wilson coming in. Um, I don't mind playing one player out of position and trying it. I think if you've got four or five, but obviously Kane Wilson's a, a right wing back, but I don't mind pushing him up the wing. He he does seem very dangerous when, when coming forward. He's very direct and, and can get probably, the, at the moment, the player can run round a player or two. Um, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw him straight in, but we just need those more wide attacking options. I think at the moment, just crossing it in isn't working. We need those players who can drift inside at times. And I think, unfortunately, Mendes Lang is is a little bit jaded, a little bit tired, I think, at the moment. Um, Look, he's so, got a break. Oh. oh <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 it's just the, it's the way it goes. And he, it, the squad just needs to be rotated a little bit more for my liking. But for me, Joe Ward coming back. But then Tyrese John-Jules, I think he could surprise a lot of us. Um, I think the pressure's off him coming into the side. Obviously, a young player. Um, not too much experience, so I think I think it could surprise a few of us. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, and yeah, Vic. I mean, same question to you, I guess. Which are, which are the players you're looking forward to seeing? And uh, I guess to build on the the question to Adam, if you were going to pick any of them to start, where would you play them and why? Oh, um, well, 
I think I'm looking forward to Joel Ward going just simply because I think Mendes Lang needs that rest. We know Niambe can play right back and he's been superb since he's come in as well. So a shout out to him. So that right wing spot is up for grabs. I think Joel Ward will take it once he comes back in. Um, and it might just give Mendes Lang the rest and probably the unneeded sort of pressure lifting off him. So we can maybe share that about. Looking forward to Joel Ward coming back. Um Maybe even Callum Elder. I mean, we haven't seen the best of him yet, but I think there's a player in there somewhere. And okay. if he can maybe play left wing, you know, I mean, Forsyth will probably continue playing left back because he's not put a foot wrong either himself. So we might see Callum Elder playing in a bit more advanced position in case something happens to Barkhouse. And again, it's just it's just the options that are there, and that's what's that's what's nice to see. Um, and I'd probably play reckon? them to do. Do you reckon Elder on the wing? Because I'm just thinking, because like Kane Wilson and Joe Ward, they're both quite quick. They're both really good at dribbling. They both put a ball in. I, I don't see that with Callum Elder. I don't think I don't know if he's that type of player. I don't know. I don't think he's wrong. either. But you don't think he's either. But then again, because like I said, it's it's an option on that left side. I mean, I know Kane Wilson could probably play there as well. Um, but obviously, Callum Elder's naturally left forward. And if we're going to continue with the balls in the box uh, conundrum, Elder's probably the best fitted for that. Um, having said that, he can always replace Forsyth as well. But I'm more excited to see Joe Ward just because I think him and Collins linked up really well in pre-season, and we might be able to see that continuing going forward. Um, and hopefully, it's just nice to have the options. And then I think we'll be a different team when we come back from the international break. If I'm honest, I think we'll be we'll have a fully fit squad, bar Jake Rooney. Um, and I think we'll literally see the team thrive from it. Yeah, I hope so. I really do hope so. I hope you're right. Uh, my favourite thing about Joe Ward is it, when he got his trim and his barber posted the picture and his tri- he's just got a one all over. <laughs> it just made me laugh quite a lot. <laughs> like, they did a really good job, don't get me wrong. It just made me laugh when it's like, you know, you show off your tree, he just doesn't have any hair. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> nice one, Joe. <laughs> but yeah, he'll be good to have him back. Um yeah, I think he's one of those players that he looks so good in preseason. It'll be be good to see if he can keep that form going or, or rediscover that form. Um, and and last of all, just to finish us off, um, let's talk about Notts County now. Notts County flying in League Two. They've got some player that used to play for us apparently, um, who's pretty good. And and yeah, like I said, they're they're right at the top of the league. They're smashing everyone in their way. Wrexham can't keep up. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney are, are furious because they've spent all that money and they can't keep up with a team who've got a 98-year-old bold strike with a big beard. Um, Adam, I mean, when you, when you look at North County, obviously we know who who the player we're going to single out is, but can you see us getting a result there in the Papa John's? Well, I think, I think it's a chance to play a couple of players um, before them getting a big rest. And obviously, I think... I mean, it's difficult. I think I think it does depend on on how Notts County approach the game in terms of their squad rotation. If they fully go for it, I think it'll be a difficult game because I think undoubtedly we we will rotate a couple of players, a hundred percent players such as Louis Sibley coming back into the fold, um, maybe even Max Bird starting. But I think I can see us definitely getting a result. But it's going to be an entertaining game in my head. This isn't going to be a nil nil or one one where there are there are few and far between chances. I think there's going to be quite a few chances. I think it's going to be quite an open game. So, and considering it's in the, it's in the cup, all for it really. A bit more of an entertaining game. Players can can play with a little bit more confidence. I mean, if we lose, it's not it's not the worst result in the world. Look at how Notts County are playing at the moment. Um, undoubtedly, Dave McGoldrick's going to score. Um, 
You wonder if he'll celebrate. That. Uh, shushes the away end. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Me. Is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining game in my head because I think we'll rest players and Notts County will still have the form going with them. So I think I think we're in for quite a good match. Uh, and before you give us your score prediction and goal scorers, uh, I've heard there's some hooligans that will be looking after the Rams talk flag. <laughs> yeah, uh, my parents taking the Rams talk flag um, <laughs> against Notts County. They'll get the photo for us. Legends. Um, okay, and legends of the game. But yeah, you want my score prediction now? Yeah, go on. I'll go with a bold 3-2 victory. And I think McGoldrick will get both for them. And all three for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Max Bird, James Collins, and maybe Connor Washington for us. I think, Connor yeah, Washington. 3 2 victory. It'll be quite, a, quite an entertaining game. Let's hope you're right. Uh, Vic, what do you reckon? I was going to say the same as Adam, to be fair. I was going to go for a 3 2 victory. I think I, I'm expecting Nuts County to sort of come and play at us. Uh, and I think that'll fall into our hands. I think we'll be all right. We'll be able to deal with the pressure that they'll chuck at us and we'll hit them on the counter. I'll go for a 3-2 because it's inevitable that McGoldrick will score for them. I think Langstaff will get the other for him. For us, I think we'll get... Wagon will be on the score sheet. I think Sibley because he'll want to prove a point. And I think Barkhausen will get on the score sheet as well just because I think his, his work merits that. Yeah, I hope you're right. I think he, he definitely deserves another goal, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, I mean, Notts, they've they've tried to strike up some weird rivalry with us in the last few weeks. I've seen them talking about us quite a lot, which is very strange because uh, I thought we were always friends. But then I thought we were friends with Birmingham as well. And then we saw what happened there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go similar to you guys. I think it's going to be an unbelievable game. I'm going to say 5-4. Um, all four goals, David McGoldrick, because very easy. Uh, and I reckon Washington's going to bag a hat trick <laughs> uh, and a, a Sibley brace as well to, to get us over the line. Uh, there's no delusion on this podcast for any any listeners uh, <laughs> that are wondering. It's, it's all, all 100% serious here. Um, but right, <laughs> that's that. Um, if you did enjoy the episode, then yeah, please do like, subscribe, uh, rate us if you listen on Spotify, Apple Pods. Uh, we've got so many amazing ratings and it does mean a lot. Um, so yeah, if you do enjoy, please rate us. If you don't enjoy us, please don't. Um, and yeah, um, if you can vote for us, Football Content Awards, if it's past Sunday, then don't worry about it. Thank you so much to everyone that supported us. Um, our notifications have been pretty ridiculous with the amount of people that have voted for us on all social media platforms. And it really does mean a lot to all of us because we put a lot of effort into this. Um, and yeah, that's it. Let's hope that we can, uh, I was going to say, get the three points. Is it? Is it still three points in the group stage? How does it work? Yeah, I don't even know. Two. Two. Let's get those two, two if points. we draw on penalties. Yeah, if it oh, goes yeah, penalties, it's I think like it's two, and oh, then they God. get one. It's strange. <laughs> Don't know. Let's get a mystery amount of points. Um, <laughs> have, a, have a good game against Notts County, and we'll see you for what I'm sure will be an international break special. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much, everyone. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.